Hi, welcome back to Litcentric Radio, the podcast that's a literacy coach in your pocket. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Webb. So I'm actually thinking about lately ways that I could be more supportive of teachers right now. I'm looking for more ways to support you and the important literacy work that you're doing with students. Now, I do have something new in the works that I'm looking forward to sharing with you in the coming months. But in the meantime, I'm wondering what it is that you need most that I can help you with. So, you know, is there an area of literacy that you're thinking of, like writing, guided reading, or even assessment? Uh, Maybe it's another area. So let me know what that area is. And even better, how would you like to learn about it? Maybe you like to read, you know, like an article or blog post. Maybe you prefer video or doing a little mini course where you kind of have a combination of things. Maybe you just like to have, you know, handouts that you can easily download. Or if you prefer like a podcast kind of episode, I mean, you're listening to one right now, right? So I want to know all of it. I want to know what it is that you're really looking for support in and how you like to consume information and help yourself to do a better job being a teacher. So tell me your thoughts on social media or email me at julieweb.litcentric.com. I can't wait to hear from you. In today's episode, we're going to take a look at cause and effect with the text Arthur's Eyes by Mark Brown. Now, one of the reasons I love this book is actually the first Arthur book. So as you know, Mark Brown has created many, many Arthur books. He's the writer and illustrator, and then at least originally, and then, um, you know, turned it into a TV show and all sorts of other things. But this book, Arthur's Eyes, is the very first one. And the language in it is really clear, and the sentences are really simple and brief. And there's something kind of really nice about that. It makes for a really clear comprehension for students, and there's kind of less clutter for them to wade through. But also, you know, it's just a great story. What I like to use this text for is for showing cause and effect. And really, because of the uncluttered clarity that the book really offers, it's a great book to show students cause and effect. And in this book, All the kind of cause and effect problems that go on have to do with Arthur needing glasses and ultimately getting glasses and what his experience is like. And what's kind of neat about this book is unlike some books where a cause and effect are kind of independent, meaning like let's say, you know, a character drops a pencil and the pencil breaks. That's the example of cause and effect, you know, that might be in the book or that might be an example I might use in class. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that example, but the example doesn't connect to anything else. Because in real life, if you dropped your pencil and it broke, then your next problem is, well, now you don't have a pencil to use to finish your homework. So then you have to go now find a new pencil, and then that pencil needs to be sharpened, and it kind of goes on and on in a more causal chain. And that's really how cause and effects generally works in really good books, but also in real life. And Arthur's Eyes really has that long causal chain in it where all the cause and effects are really related. And I think it's really nice to show students how that actually works, you know, kind of more realistically. So let's take a look at today's text, Arthur's Eyes. Arthur can't see well and he gets headaches a lot. And he tries to compensate, but his poor vision is affecting him academically and socially. So a lot of kids like don't want him to be on the basketball team during gym and all those kind of things. So his parents take him to the eye doctor and yep, lo and behold, he needs glasses. So he gets some and now he can see and he's really surprised at how well, you know, he can see and things are starting to look up. But 
Then Arthur returns to school wearing those new glasses, and he really gets teased a lot by, you know, his so-called friends. And he starts to feel bad and really starts feeling singled out because none of his friends wear glasses, nobody in his family wears glasses, so he feels very lonely. Um, and as a result, he tries to lose his glasses on purpose a few times. Now, eventually, his teacher shares with him that he himself wears glasses too. And this helps to convince Arthur that he should really give his glasses a try. And so he does, and pretty soon he's actually really successful. So his grades are improving, and um, you know he's doing really well in basketball, and the other kids really start to take notice. And at the end, some of them even want to wear glasses too. In today's bridge chart for Arthur's Eyes, like I said, we're gonna focus on cause and effect. And if you're like me, uh, teaching cause and effect, it seems like it should be such a straightforward thing to do, but I often find that kids start getting a little bit mixed up and confused with what those words actually mean. And some kids get a little confused by the concept of cause and effect, but more often than not, my students were confused by the actual language. It didn't seem like a very natural way for them to talk about you know, something, a problem happened and something else came about because of that problem, right? So when we're building this bridge chart, we're gonna design it basically like two column chart. And you can organize it like a T chart if you wanted to, where at the top we have cause um, and on the left, and also at the top on the right, we have effect. And I, just, I usually write cause and effect, and I do use that language because that is the language that often appears in standards and some of our curriculum, and that's not necessarily bad for them to know those things. But like I said, it often doesn't seem very natural to them because they don't normally use words like cause and effect in their everyday language. So I want to help to define or give synonyms to those things so that the concept of cause and effect becomes clearer when the language becomes clearer. So in addition to writing cause and effect, I also might write something like event and result. Or I might also include, you know, action and consequence. So words like that where maybe the students are more familiar with those, or I can at least reinforce these idea that something has changed or something has occurred. And because of that change, now we've got, you know, a new problem or something new to deal with. So I really want to make sure that the concept is clear and the language around that is also clear. I don't want to assume kids don't understand what I'm talking about or don't understand what cause and effect means when really it's just a language barrier that's really getting in the way. So once we've practiced cause and effect a little bit with the basics, like I said, you know, I drop a pencil, it breaks, those kind of examples, we're going to move into locating as many examples as we can from Arthur's eyes. And again, one of the reasons I really like it is because these examples, first of all, they really hit home for students. They're emotional. Kids can relate to what Arthur's going through. Even if they haven't worn glasses before, everybody's had that feeling of being singled out, feeling alone, being teased, all those kind of things. And so they get wrapped up in those kind of problems and the results from those problems, which is what I want them to do, because that's going to reinforce this cause and effect idea but I also love that causal chain that results. And I may decide to point that out to students initially, but often I like to just kind of relate this to just cause and effect as simply as I can, and then later on reveal to them how that actually works in a causal chain. So you can decide for yourself 
depending on you know the age of your students, what they understand, and maybe where you are in a teaching cycle around cause and effect. So on this bridge chart, on the cause side, one of the things that I might write is that you know Arthur couldn't see very well. That's one of the really initial things that kicks off the whole book. And it's actually in the very first page we learned that that's his significant problem. So Arthur couldn't see. And the effect of that, there's several things that result from Arthur not being able to see, not just one thing. So here he gets headaches. Uh, this girl, Francine, has to read the problems on the board for him. And no one wants to play with them or have him on their team. So that one cause of poor vision has really led to several effects that Arthur has to now deal with. Another cause that happens in the story is when he goes to the eye doctor with his parents. And the effect there is pretty straightforward. He gets glasses, right? So that's a pretty simple one. But then he shows up at school, right? And we know what happens at school. He gets teased really significantly. And also the fact that no one in his family is dealing with this, just Arthur. So those two things combined lead to the um, results of losing his glasses. His mother finds them, kind of lectures him about it. He tries to hide them in his lunchbox at school again. So he really is going out of his way to try to avoid these glasses. Another cause, um, later when Arthur hides those glasses at school, the big significant event is he goes down the hall to go to the bathroom, but he can't remember which restroom door he's supposed to go to. He starts counting the doors because he can't see well enough to read the signs. And he accidentally walks into the girl's restroom. And of course, it causes a big commotion because girls are screaming and you know people are starting to see what's happening in the hallway and all this stuff. And it causes this big commotion. He's sent to the principal's office, gets in trouble, right? By the end, another cause here is that his teacher talks with him and shares the glasses that he wears for reading. And they're very similar to Arthur's glasses. They even have the same looking frame. So the result of this is that Arthur starts to feel better and decides to give his glasses another try, as we know. And then everything starts to improve. And in the end, that girl Francine, who he's interacted with several times in the book, she comes to school wanting to wear some movie star glasses. And of course, her movie star glasses don't even have any lenses in them. But she says they make her look fabulous and she wants to wear them. So he really kind of inspired um, a new effect on others by this um, journey that he's been on. So we map that out again. The left side is the cause, the right side is the effect. And in the Lentcentric Radio lesson that I have as part of the growing bundle on Lentcentric.com, um, you, you actually get uh, the bridge chart example with all these different examples from the text. And the bridge chart also has some sticky notes that you can use for all the causes because we've really narrowed those down to the most significant ones in the text. And then there's multiple effects that you're gonna read through the book with students and map those out onto the chart. So the causes will be listed ahead of time. That makes um, a little bit easier for students to start identifying the results of these significant problems that he has. But there's a lot of results that you actually have to map out. So I focused our attention there and finding the text evidence um, for those things and that's what students help you map onto the chart. Now, as I mentioned earlier with cause and effect language, there's some other language that students will likely need to know or at least be reviewed uh, with them before we actually ask them to start using cause and effect language, um, especially in their writing, but also cause and effect language um, in the discussions that we have. So some of the words I'm gonna draw their attention to are words like because, since, as a result, this led to, or due to the fact that, 
Some of these, of course, are more academic than others, but I want to give students some language to attach to, and I may even have to also give them some sentence frames to try out depending on how much language practice they need. But a lot of your students, um, they may have some of this language already and be able to use it well. A lot of students won't you know, automatically say due to the fact that, so we can actually stretch the language use for all students. But um, some of your students may need significant help in this area. These may be language structures that they're not used to using on their own. So we have to make sure that there's enough on our bridge charts that students can lift and use and borrow in their discussions with other students and with you and also in their writing. But we may also have to create additional charts or other resources like just you know general cause and effect language so that students have those to refer to um, when needed. So I hope you'll try out Arthur's Eyes. If you're really lucky, you can find an original copy of uh, that first version. And I think it's uh, 1979, I think is when it's written. And uh, the original version has the original Arthur illustrated on it by Mark Brown. It doesn't look anything like the character from uh, the television show. If you actually, and it's so funny, when I, when I show students the book, oftentimes uh, in the newer books, they'll have a new cover with Arthur on it who looks like the one from TV, but when you open the book, it's still the original Arthur inside, which is kind of cool. But kids get super confused and like wigged out by it because a lot of my students would see Arthur and they always assumed he was a mouse. Because if you look at Arthur on TV, he does look like a mouse. But in case you didn't know, Arthur is actually an anteater. And the original Arthur very much looks like an anteater. He looks nothing like the Arthur of today. And that's one of the reasons I really love this book in particular. So if you're lucky and you can find in a used bookstore or a thrift store or something, see if you can find that original one. I was lucky enough to get one years ago in my first few years of teaching. So I've hung on to it because I know there aren't very many of those out there anymore. But either way, get yourself a copy or go to the uh, you know library and grab a copy for yourself and try this out with your students. Every student can benefit from cause and effect style language, not only in their language arts classroom, but also in math and science and social studies. This kind of language transfers very easily. It's very multidisciplinary. So give that a shot and let me know how that lesson goes. And if you haven't yet, I would love if you could leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts for Litcentric Radio. It really helps the show to get seen by other educators. And of course, we're trying to you know, reach as many educators as we can. So if you love the show and you tune in all the time, I would love to hear from you with a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I appreciate it very much. All right, we'll see you next time. Have a great day at school.